Hello, it's Julie Bindle here, and today I'm really pleased to be speaking with Fika Al-Nagashi. Fika is an Austrian politician from the Green Party. She's of Hungarian and Egyptian heritage. She is an activist and a proud member of the newly founded Lesbian Project, founded by myself and Kathleen Stock, with an iconic patron, Martina Navratilova. So, Fika, you are one of our eminent advisors on the Lesbian Project. And what I'd love to do is to ask you about you, about you prior to becoming a politician and your political activism, what led you to want to represent your party? I feel like I've always been an activist and always been a political activist, um, almost since I came into any kind of uh, consciousness about myself and myself in the world. So um, I, I, I came out to myself as a lesbian when I was um, about 17 or so. Um, that's when I could put a name to it and, and, and vaguely understood it. Um, and I was still in school. And then when I started to go to university, I moved to Vienna. We were living outside um, and in a small village. And, and when I came to university and to study, so many opportunities were there, so many groups, so, many, so much going on. Um, and I started to get involved with the student union. And I became at a very young age, at 19, I became the, the first um, officer then at a very newly established um, department. It was a department for homo, bi and transsexual affairs at the student union at the University of Vienna. And I was their first officer and, and, and the youngest one also. And that's how I plunged into, uh, before I had studied anything, before I had experienced um, anything really, I, I started my activism. So I grew into it and I grew with it and I grew up with it. Um, and, and that's what I actually <laughs> um, uh, learned and also graduated in, even before I actually graduated from anything else. Um, and, and so that was on, on the level of the student union and on the national level. And quite soon somebody came up to me and said, um, there is this conference and you have to go. And it's this conference organized by an organization called Iglio. And they are great and you have to be there. So I went there and it was five of us coming from Austria and from my context, from the student union. We were very um, arrogant and ignorant um, of everything. Um, and, but what I, what I then saw was all these other activists from other countries, other political contexts, other national contexts, but also so many intersecting issues and identities. And that spoke to me um, and really got me thinking and, 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 and involved and wanting to involve myself more and then to immerse myself. And then at the end of the conference week, um, one of the organizers came to me and said, um, there is this other conference that will be organized by another organization that we occasionally work with. And they are called Young Women from Minorities. 
And we think, we believe that this would be interesting to you and we would support your participation. And, and here's a letter of support if you would like to apply to it and go there. And then I, I, I did go there and, and that was, and, and I did that alone. So it was no longer five of us and I had dropped all the, the uh, company and it was me alone going there. And, and that was very important because um, then I could fully um, focus on what was going on and devote myself to it. And, and that is how I then went into other contexts of activism that were focusing around the situation of women and particularly young women. And from there to other uh, minority related contexts, uh, organizations such as Minorities of Europe that came up with this uh, slogan in, in the 90s, all different, all equal. And we would work together with organizations such as Interfaith or Human Bridges that were working on, uh, on, on disabled um, people's situation. Um, and, and so my, my activism just grew as I uh, grew um, in, 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 all, in all senses. Um, and, 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 and that was my world and, and the world that I moved in also then uh, on the national level. Um, and then, um, I, I found I was very lucky to, to be able to enter on a professional level into something that was similar, um, starting my first job in a migrant women's organization where I worked for 11 years, um, and also exploring there so many um, issues, a bit less from an activist perspective, much more from an, an established NGO uh, position, but to learn so much and to um, learn also on, on, on from, from my colleagues there, from the women that I worked with, um, to be in such a, a space and environment where we would not only do our job, but why we're doing it really um, um, un understand the world that we live in. Um, as, as women and as migrant women also ourselves. So you um, mentioned the word intersectionality, or you said about intersecting issues. And that's really interesting because of the way that some of us, and I know you included, have unpicked the, let's call it a redefining of the term intersectional, which has left it it's rendered meaningless in my view. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'd like to ask you about that. And by intersectionality, of course, which you've described, you're talking about women's oppression and how that differs and the additional issues faced by, for example, migrant and asylum seeking women. Tell me what for you is important about maintaining the true definition of terms such as intersectionality? It is such, um, uh, such a, an important aspect of my, my, my life, my experiences, my identity of who I am. And I think it is a relevant political category of analysis because it um, looks at different forms of oppression. Um, and such as, um, well, with, with a lot of words, as, as you say, there is now a total meaninglessness. Um, words are just being used. I mean, even the word lesbian is just used in any random way, whoever feels like it or uh, wants to identify as uh, is welcome into it. And that's not the only word. So intersectionality has become uh, a slogan uh, for uh, social media feminism. Um, 
and and that is um, um, I, I I will not uh, leave neither the word nor the concept because others use it um, in a way that um, does not do it justice. I, I think it is extremely important to be aware um, that by by looking at this at the same time we are not creating a hierarchy neither of identities nor of forms of oppression I would not even be able to do this with myself and create a, a hierarchy of my own identities um, but this is what it has become it has become weaponized and and and, and a tool um, so it's um, it's it's very unfortunate, but still, I, I I hope and I believe if there are those who stick to it, but uh, communicate what it actually means to them and represents to them, it will enable others to also use it in that way. So we need people to speak out. We need lesbians. We need women of color to speak out. We need those that find their movement or their issues being transformed out of all meaning, and. You know, you and I um, are not the same age. You're, I think you're 46 and I'm 60. Yes. So we're not quite a generation apart, but those 14 years in lesbian years is actually quite significant. And and I think back to the very first international lesbian conference I went to before mobile phones, before cheap phone calls, before cheap travel, taking the train to Geneva and a long, long, long train journey to a conference organized by, um, I think they're called something like strawberry and vanilla, vanilla <laughs> friends, right? Anyway, a group of, a group of lesbians who put on a, an amazing event. We were sleeping in nuclear bunkers, which some of the green and common activists took uh, exception to, and in fact, graffitied these bunkers which were owned by the government they didn't care there were loads of anarchists there going out shoplifting at lunchtime they were offended by the fact that Geneva was such a wealthy mm. a wealthy place but we actually had such an amazing time because we were talking as lesbians about the issues that faced us there were women many women from Spain there were women mm. um, from southern and eastern Europe all conversing about the issues that that united us and that divided us and we found something really really important and that holds true today which is we can fight like cat and dog we can argue about pretty much everything but what unites us is our courage all lesbians who are out are courageous and also the fact that we are although we wouldn't use this term at the time gender non-conforming. In other words, we have rejected sex stereotypes. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it is, it is wonderful. It, exactly this, what you, what you mentioned, to be able to find similarities with other women in totally different contexts or even um, different age, and to be able to relate to them um, in, on such deep level and so closely, and at the same time to be able to understand and to to hold the the differences that there are, um, and, and 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 that has been a wonderful experience um, for me. And to find this kind of community that is intergenerational, uh, that is transnational, and that is intersectional, 
um, to have a community in which not all of us are students, for example, not all of us are into academic uh, discourses. Um, when you would have uh, ordinary women who have a job, who come from work and who, who have their own money also, um, and, um, and, and to have others who have been in prison um, and to have others who had, have had children who, who were married um, and, and, and were now living alone with their grown-up children. Um, so there were so many different uh, ways of being that was so enriching uh, um, and to see that um, all of these um, ways to live would be an, an option um, for me. Um, and to have this, this diversity um, in a community that um, is um, healing in a lot of ways and also enables this bonding. Well, not everybody has to bond with everyone, of course, but you will find um, really those that would be the, the least likely you would yes. be able to form a bond with. Well, let me tell you, and I'm sure that lesbians listening to this, hopefully all over the world will understand, there was lots of bonding going on in Geneva at that lesbian conference. Yes. You know, we, and and the, thing, the thing about lesbians, I think those that I meet worldwide, and I'm lucky enough to travel to countries and and regions such as Uganda where I've spoken to the the mothers of the lesbian and gay liberation movement who of course are at risk of being imprisoned who are such fun they are mm. so vibrantly political and of course our oppression much as that we'd rather didn't have it has shaped our identity in a way that we take no prisoners that we often not always refuse to accept a compromise and I, th I personally think and I don't know what you think about this Vika, but I think that's what divides those lesbians that fight in the movement for our liberation and gay men that fight in the movement often they ask for equality or tolerance and I found that lesbians are more likely to demand liberation and something just more like equality is a very kind of um what's the word it, it, it's not really that adventurous um an ask a project a lot of lesbians do not feel safe do not feel safe to live their lives in a way in the way that they would want to if it would be in a very lesbian separatist way to say without men and um, without men but still with self-determination with autonomy that is in this society a transgression um, and to understand how transgressive it is, it is not trans similarly transgressive if gay men say they want to live their lives without women um, in this society. But for women in this society to say men will have no influence over us um, whatsoever is. Um, and, and also equality in, in what way? Equality without changing the status quo is um, uh, a worthless equality because... Um, the status quo is a bad one um, to aspire exactly. to. Exactly. And and what would we be equal to? And, yeah. and, and when people are saying, well, you just want to be the same as heterosexuals, there's no difference. And I've had this as a 60 year old lesbian who's been out since the 1970s. I can't tell you how many times I have been told, well, you have the same rights. You should be treated the same as heterosexuals. 
you're just the same as them, aren't you? Which actually led people to say, in all good faith, they didn't think they were insulting us, to say things like, who is the man in the relationship? Or even, and this is not well-intentioned, how on earth do you do it? Meaning, without Mm. a penis. So all of those kind of assumptions and insults get levelled at us because of this mindset that I think is partly to do with anti-gay, anti-lesbian prejudice and partly because of the capitulation of some gay men, not all, but some reformist gay men, that, that we just want to be the same as straights. We just want to have what they want, but the only difference is that there's some kink in our gene that means that we are same-sex attracted. And for me, the possibilities are so much wider than that. I'm so proud to be a lesbian. Mm, Absolutely. But I also think that this approach ignores the society that we live in. Because, yes, of course, we can say in most Western countries there is um, um, equality, uh, there are good um, uh, legal provisions, uh, there is anti-discrimination legislation and and acceptance in general of homosexuals, let's say, is high or higher comparatively. Um, but I think it totally ignores um, the attributions, um, first of all, towards women, the, the expectations, the, ex- the role expectations, but also female bodies um, and also then everything that presents the body. So uh, clothing, um, um, a, a habitus. Um, is uh, governed um, and, and uh, the, the way that this is uh, embedded in our society. So for a lesbian to transgress this, all of it or some of it, um, endangers her effectively um, and on a number of levels. And um, I think that so many of us, um, I don't know what it's like for you, but so many of us understand this quite early at a very young age and understand not only the danger, but also another aspect that comes with it, which is a shame, which is shame about being the one who transgresses this role, who is not the woman she's supposed to be in this society or the family would expect to be. It is almost impossible to grow up in this society and be without this element of shame and then this is reproduced throughout so you mentioned sex non-conforming lesbians so this is not met with happiness everywhere and it will i'm okay i'm i'm older than than the young ones today um i i I had so many uh, times when um when when i i felt this it is everywhere i mean now today I'm i'm a politician i'm exposed i can I, I, I have to think about how I dress, how I present myself, uh, the way I wear my hair. Um, it is political, of course, and it is a certain representation. And uh, I, I, I understand how the gaze that um, is directed at me sees me and classifies me. And this touches upon these elements of shame, even if I turn it also into pride myself. But um, I think this is what is happening with with lesbians, young and and older ones. And that is why I think it is so important to have this positivity, to have the joy, the happiness, to really have acceptance 
within our communities, within the work that we do, and especially with the role models that we have. I think that's really vital that you talk about shame. Certainly, I felt that shame over the years, sometimes really surprisingly. When I've been out for all this time, I am so filled with joy that I'm a lesbian. I can't imagine what life would have been like for me had mm. I been a lesbian. But shame is really important when we talk about pride, isn't it? Because no social justice movement on the planet develops a sense of collective pride unless there has been shame. It's a True. response to shame. Yes. And this is what we bring, I hope, other lesbians, those that are out later in life, those younger lesbians, much as they might reject who we are, what we stand for, some of our politics. But actually, I think that is the linear, that, that is the line that runs through generations of lesbians. From, you know, Martina Navratilova, our patron for the Lesbian Project, was the first out lesbian on my TV screen I saw. Yes. I felt, oh my God, I can tell my parents, look, that's a lesbian. That's who I am. Yes. Well, I was, I was equally excited maybe about uh, someone like Katie Lang who entered my uh, screen and was a woman with short hair wearing a shirt in, in a way that was just so unbelievable. Um, I felt that it was probably not okay to feel what I was feeling while I was sitting in the living room with my parents. But um, to, to have this, uh, this image and to, to see somebody who would dare to show herself like this um, on, on, in, in a mainstream context, was uh, was wonderful um and and only positive um because i think um there there, there is so much of this well shame and, and and parts of it to to try and hide uh parts of us um uh that relates also to to clothing to to haircuts to how how we want to appear um and and to also in 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 a community whether it was at conferences or at the bar or in, in whatever other social context, to then be able to compliment other lesbian women on their nice shirt, on their nice suit, on their perfect haircut, um, would be something that is was the absolute opposite of what would happen in general society, where everybody would think they could comment uh, on, on the same things, but, but with different intentions. Why don't you dress more like a woman? Why don't you try and wear a dress? Why don't you grow your hair long? Uh, so the, the exact opposite with, with appreciation um, and acceptance. Well, let's talk a little bit about your political work, because you, you represent the Green Party in Austria. You're um, from Hungary and your political world, um, your activism seems to span um, across many borders. But tell me a little bit about what it's been like to be a Green Party member and representative in Vienna? Well, um, at the beginning, the, the way that I entered into politics was more accidentally than, than planned. I, I did not have a, a long or short-term plan to go into politics, but I, I, I did what I loved to do. That was the political activism and the political work on the level of NGOs by then. I had about 15 years of um, working in NGO contexts. Um, and the last thing I did before I went into politics was going to Brussels and working with ILGA Europe. And at that point, I thought I had my dream job. 
Um, all of the activism that I did when I was 19 and, and everything, I, I, all the LGBTIQ groups I, I founded um, and, and I worked in um, and, and, and all the thinking I ever did around these issues led up to having, um, I, I always thought, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do this activism as a job, not with the youth organization Iglio, but with the parent organization with Ilga. So there I was in Brussels in my dream job. Um, and I was not so dream happy. Um, and, and then when I came back to Vienna, um, I thought, well, what's next then? What do you do after you had your dream job? And, and, and it's, it turned out not to be it. What comes next? And there was a job opening um, for a staff member with the Greens. And I was very hesitant to move into party politics. So I had no interest at all um, before that. Um, but I also thought to myself, I've experienced the limitations of what you can do on the NGO level. Uh, there is only so much. And at the end, you always um, in, get entangled in a lot of um, dependencies, be it um, about money, um, resources that you get, um, but also um, on a political level that, that those who decide about the money that you get um, want you to um, support their political positions, uh, or at least not to say differently. Um, and I was really frustrated by that. And I thought, well, maybe um, it is different in politics, on that level of politics. And if it does not speak to me, I could always leave. And, and that, that's how I motivated myself on trying it. Uh, to give it a try. And, and of course, I was still motivated by the, um, the, the, the topics that I worked on, what, what, that were important to me. Um, uh, a lot of intersectional issues, um, women's rights, rights of migrant women. Um, and, and then that led me to, to focus on integration and integration policies uh, more specifically. And, and that's how I then also became the the spokeswoman for integration um, on the on the provincial level first, and now also in Parliament since 2019 as a member of Parliament uh, to work on integration. So it's 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 every, all, all a lot of things that I'm very passionate about, and and I think have um, worked on also on a different level from the NGO or civil society perspective, and now can try and see what what the options are that I have to to also. Uh, bring about change from from that political level. Tell me about the way that you see lesbian politics moving forward, where, in my view, at the moment, there has been a backlash against the word and the concept that we are female same-sex attracted, where we have been subsumed into a alphabet soup that my friend Simon Fanshaw described as more an unbreakable Wi-Fi code than an acronym of LGBTQQIA2 Spirit Plus. And it would appear that we have become drowned in this soup and we need, we have very specific needs that we have to address, which is why we've set up the Lesbian Project. Where do you see us going forward whilst remaining supportive of our gay brothers, for example, whilst we keep that intersectional approach, but that we also say, actually, lesbians are worthy of particular attention. 
Yes, I mean, th this is something that I really do not understand why it is not possible to do something um, with, a, with a specific focus for a specific group at times and at other times to come together and do something um, collaboratively. Um, from the very first conferences that I went to that were always, um, or most of them were mixed in one way or another, we always had to fight to have one slot at a conference, maybe one workshop or one evening where we would have a meeting that was women only. So it, it, is, it is not um, a, a new thing that I'm confronted with um, because also back then, there was no understanding of why do you want to meet at the mixed conference where it's uh, lesbians and gays and potentially also bisexual and intern trans people. So it's a mixed conference. Why do you want to meet as women only? We always had to fight for that um, back then. But now um, I find that um, it's, it's, it became even more narrow because to, when you ask about lesbian politics and what direction they're going, I don't see lesbian politics going in any direction at all. I don't see anything such as lesbian politics um, manifest itself. Um, today, to talk about lesbian issues and to say lesbian, to not use another expression such as queer women, for example, or another broader term that should be so inclusive, um, to even to say lesbian and then to say it and to not uh, add an asterisk um, when you think it or say it or write it uh, is a rebellious act. Um, it's as if we're back to the start to say lesbian without shame and without apology, um, to, to not apologize, to want something and to do something. I would not say only, but for lesbians, period. Um, and um, it, this is not something that actually really exists other than maybe in quite small autonomous, uh, separatist, radical feminist contexts where they would um, do it and would, would, would dare to do it. Um, but, but other than that, as soon as you add the asterisk, um, it, it, at first it looks like a fashion, uh, a fashion statement almost um, of something to wear to make you 2.0 or maybe 4.0 by now. Um, and, and to, to make you TikTok-ish or social media um, attractive. Um, but but when, when you look at it again, it's just really painful to see that lesbian cannot be a standalone uh, word and cannot be a, a standalone um, um, well, fight or, or movement or um, um, in, in, in identity that is that is um, enough and fulfilled and in its own right to be. So tell me then where we go forward, because you have several strings to your bow. You're a politician, you're an activist, you're an ambassador for the project, you're an advisory group member, and you also have lots of other things to do campaigns to initiate to be involved in what will your focus be going forward because I know we all have priorities at different time different times in our lives where's yours now well I'm uh, uh, newly motivated um, 
to to put my energy into this kind of um, activism. It's it's not quite an activism because I I do understand that at the moment I'm my my role as a politician is not only um, stronger in, in in defining who I am, but I think it's also what's needed. It, it, what we need is me as a politician and not me as an activist at the moment. Um, so I, I want to use this voice that I have as a politician, but I also want to encourage others to bring in their voices because what we really need is to have so many voices that say um, what they think and what they believe and what drives them. Um, I found it very difficult last year when I, um, in some interviews, um, talked about um, what it is, what, what is happening uh, today um, on the level of discourse, uh, language uh, about women, um, and also lesbians, but I talked more about women, and um, in, in terms of identities, um, and in terms of the dynamics that, that are behind uh, this phenomenon, um, meaning that it, it's a very dogmatic and totalitarian manifestation of something that calls itself a community. Um, so this is what I talked about in interviews. And then what happened was exactly that. I experienced the, the dogmatism, the totalitarianism um, of my community or of my communities uh, shunning me for uh, having come forward or having come out, uh, as I sometimes say, this has been my hardest, my most difficult coming out um, to, to be able at 45 then um, to dissent, basically. When if I, I said this, this is what I, with all the integrity that I bring to the table and with all the longstanding um, um, track record of political collaborations, uh, initiatives that I took and, and personal relationships that I have, um, but this is here what I believe. And to manifest that um, was um, heresy, um, as some, so many have experienced. I also experienced this. But what was very difficult um, throughout was that uh, I really miss others who would publicly come out and say something in support of me or what I had said. So to be isolated in that way um, did not, what, what was, was very difficult for me, but it also did not help the cause. So what I now try to do is to, to support and to empower others um, to come forward um, and, and to speak and to, 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 to dare to, to have the, the courage, but also the context that they need, because you need some level of support um, to be able to show yourself and to uh, in, in, endure what it brings with it for you to be seen, to be seen as, let's say, maybe a dissenting lesbian. Um, so so that, that is one thing. And the other thing is that I still try to be as um, yeah, visible um, and, and outspoken as possible as a lesbian. So to, to not back down, to, to always claim and reclaim this, this word and this category for me and to fill it, um, and to especially look, I really long in, in two directions, like I want to stretch my arms in two directions. And one is towards those who are younger than me, to have a, um, a connection with younger ones who experience very different things today that are almost impossible to imagine for me. 
at universities, um, in, in schools, at workplaces, and then also to reach towards those who are older than me and to have this connection again, which was so uh, present and so valuable when I was younger. And I think that um, is, um, gives, um, gives support on, 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 a, on a very different um, level where you can almost um, understand each other without a lot of words. Breika, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you, to hear about your initiatives, to be able to imagine that way forward. And I'm so proud to be working with you on The Lesbian Project and to know you. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll follow the work and the achievements of The Lesbian Project. Until next time.